Delco. What is Delco? Urban Dictionary, maybe the best definition of any place in the history of any place. Delco is the nickname for Delaware County, not just a place to live, it's a way of life. Delco isn't something you obtain with a short visit while you're passing through. Never has been, or don't actually live here, you just won't understand. Delco is something you can spot across the bar while out of town. Speaking of bars, there's 42 to 1 ratio when it comes to bars to libraries. And it's cool to be a 26-year-old bar back. You're just waiting for your bill's big break. Delco people love being from Delco. I don't know if there's anything special from Delco, except being a Delco guy, I kind of like it. What is up, Delaware County, and welcome back for episode 22 of Delco Baseball Now. My name is Brendan Ricciardi, and we are about to get a lot more busy here on the show. We have high school baseball kind of getting started. I, I really consider like the beginning truly of high school baseball season once like the PIAA schedule starts, and you have teams from Delco playing each other. Uh, to get things going. We got a little bit of a preview here. I'm just going to be completely transparent. One thing that I have, have tried not to do is I don't like to talk about things that I don't know. Like I don't want to kind of just BS everybody and and give like not quality, whether that be analysis, not quality, uh, you know, just like summaries because the reality is I didn't really follow much high school baseball last season because Delco Baseball Now, I started in the summer last year. So most of what I did was from the Delco League. So a lot of the kids that I got to, you know, got to know were kids that were seniors, like that had just graduated and were playing in the league. So, you know, I, I know like the general gist of, you know, what happened last year, I, we'll talk about in a little bit, um, just to kind of, you know, set the scene. I also am very excited to introduce uh, a new member to Delco Baseball now. We are no longer a one-man show. Uh, my guy Dylan Johnson is coming on board. He, I met him working for PA Football News, so it's cool that we get to stay together. He is a senior at Chichester, uh, really talented writer, but more importantly, he's very passionate. Someone that you know you, you just want to have in your clubhouse, right? He's a good team player, uh, and I'm really excited to have him on board. And consider this a uh, almost a help wanted sign, if you want, or you know, a public uh, public service announcement that I'm definitely looking for more help. I, I know that. This is something that I've, you know, took a lot of pride in that it's been my own so far. It's been something that I created. I, I made the graphics. I make, you know, the podcast on my own. I do the writing and everything. But the reality is if I want this, you know, platform to get to where I want it to go, that's going to require extra help, especially, you know, with my own season going on and my own classes. And, and once I graduate, uh, unless, unless this blows up within the next two months to the point where I can support myself, I'll have my own job too. So this, you know, this is a call for anybody, whether that be in high school, college, fresh out of college, whatever that is interested in writing, interested in making graphics, social media, um, would have, you know, someone that would be good at doing interviews, running websites, really anything. And, I'm just, like I said, I like to be as transparent as possible that I do not have much money to to pay. And the idea here is I, I want, you know, 
a bunch of, of guys and gals for that matter that are, are young and hungry that want to help build something because I know that it's it's a tough sell to an adult in this industry that has to put you know food on the table to join something like this where the money is scarce. Now there there will be you know money being paid, but it's not like it'll be a livable salary. So you know the idea here is to basically build something from scratch and and hopes that it will eventually either get picked up by you know a bigger platform. Uh, there'll be sponsorship money. There'll be merchandise sales. Uh, all things down the road. But if you are interested, uh, shoot us a DM at Delco Baseball on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm not, you know, just gonna hire anybody. But it's, you know, good to see what's out there. I know we have a lot of young talent uh, in photography and writing in the area. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, enough about me here and this platform. We got a lot to talk about with what has gone down in the Delco Baseball world, and it seems like it's been a theme lately for that to be around Bonner because Bonner over the past few years always a good always been a good program but has really turned it up the last few years in terms of what their kids have been able to accomplish both in high school and after high school. I mean, you just saw Nate Furman get drafted. You got a guy like Kevin McGonigal that's projected to go high in the draft or go to an SEC school in Auburn. This week I, I had a tough debate here because I've mostly been doing one player of the week award. But this week, I had a tough decision between two Bonner alums, so we decided to, to go with both of them. We will be joined in a little bit by Westchester catcher Johnny DiMucci. Uh, had a big weekend this weekend against Shippensburg, so excited to talk to him about you know what went down in that series and also just about playing for Westchester, uh, their trip to the Final Four and all that last year, so stay tuned for that. Our pitcher of the week, also, as mentioned, a Bonner alum, that's Steven DiBattista, a lefty pitcher for Immaculata, just an unbelievable stretch of games. Shout out to my guy Eric Molinero, uh, Brumall Gator, and Marple Newtown alum for for letting me know about Steven because it's tough to, to try and keep track of everybody. But Steven, he started the week off, eight shutout innings, one hit, one walk, 10 strikeouts, just unbelievable stuff, uh, especially this early in the season when a lot of these pitchers are still building their arms up to the point to be able to go that deep in a game, to be able to have that kind of performance, and then come back later in the week to throw four more shutout innings is almost unthinkable. I mean, 12 shutout innings in a week, there's really not much more you can do in terms of trying to get picked for the Delco Baseball Now Player of the Week. Uh, but, yeah, it's just it's great to see that there's guys at all levels. You know, Maculata. Division three school just won their conference title for the first time last year. A lot of Delco on that team. Matt Rules, Steve Tyson. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing people off the top of my head, but definitely a team to follow. And like we said, uh, not quite Delco uh, being in Malvern, but there's enough ties there to make it work. Uh, all right, let's keep going on here. Uh, I mentioned Johnny DiMucci. Uh, I want to also give a quick shout out to Joe Sperone. He's been a horse for this Westchester rotation. A lot of Delco ties on this team, especially in the rotation. Sperone, uh, Andrew Cantwell from Marple. Luke Cantwell um, is a middle of the order bat for them. Both those guys went to Marple. Uh, Sperone went to O'Hara. Uh, this one doesn't quite count as Delco, but David Ferguson started game five of the Delco League Championship for our Wayne team this year. Although he's from Downingtown, I'm just going to take credit for Delco in this. Uh, if he has a bad outing, then I'm not going to take credit for Delco. But for the time being, we'll, uh, we'll give him a shout-out. But these guys look great. 
uh, hopefully prime for another deep tournament run and uh, maybe find themselves in Carolina again. All right, let's uh, let's move on to another guy that was kind of in the running for the player of the week, uh, Jared Sweeney. Jared Sweeney, uh, he played his high school baseball at Shipley from the Haverford area. He's in his last year at Lehigh, and, you know, it's not very often that you see guys have the type of week, just in terms of volume, that he had. He went 10 for 24 this week. He had four multi-hit games. He had two hits, four hits, another game of two hits, and another game of two hits. He's one of the rare switch hitters that you'll find still being a switch hitter at this level. But he had a huge week for Lehigh team. They play in the Patriot League. Hopefully, you know, realistically, their only shot to make the NCAA tournament is by winning their conference tournament. But him and Ryan Cochran, uh, Malvern prep guy from Newtown Square, are the Lehigh representatives for this team. And uh, as someone who's played against Sweeney a lot just growing up and also played with in the Delco League, you know, this is not really much of a surprise. He has 17 home runs in his college career. Plenty more to come in store. So just wanted to give a quick shout out to him because I'm not sure I've talked about him much this year. Um, and it's, you know, I- I'm preparing for him to stick around in the Delco League and, and terrorize us from the Springfield Colonials. Um, let's see, moving on here. I gotta work on my transitions. Jeez. <laughs> moving on here. Uh, Dickinson. Dickinson has a lot of Delco guys, and there's two sophomores that both had great high school success, great Delco League success, have been really turning it up this year. And we'll start Cole Peichel, 2021 Delco Times Player of the Year, pitched for Strathaven, did not have a great freshman season. And coming from someone who also had a terrible freshman year, it's not very uncommon for guys to, you know, who had good high school careers to go in and kind of get their their, you know, taste of humble pie, a little, a little dose of reality. But Peichel has definitely started to put it together this year, and I wasn't really surprised by that because I know how hard he works. I would see him and our other um, guy we're mentioning here, Grayson Walker from the Haverford School at on deck this winter, just trying to get ready. And Peichel, Sunday against Clarkson, he threw six and a third innings, just one earned run allowed. He had 10 strikeouts in the process. Really encouraging to see from him. Easily his best start in a Dickinson uniform for sure. Then Grayson Walker also pitched this weekend. Again, he, you know, didn't have the type of year that he would expect from himself in his first season, but you know, he already has more pitches thrown than he does last year. And this weekend through five shutout innings, excuse me, five innings, one unearned run. So uh, zero earned runs on his stat line, uh, two strikeouts as well. Second straight performance for him in which he did not allow an earned run. Uh, it's good to have our Centennial Conference representation here. I think that's, I don't know why, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I feel like it's just gone down in recent years, like how many guys are playing in the Centennial. A couple guys on Dickinson, uh, Johnny Fleeters on Haverford. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing guys, but the reality is it's not as Delco heavy. Uh, so a Dickinson run would definitely definitely help the brand here. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk about Swarthmore as the season goes and Haverford as, as the two Delco college programs that are in the Centennial. But uh, Pico and Walker, especially being sophomores, have a couple years ahead of them to just continue to build off this. Uh, and very, very excited to see that. All right, now this, uh, I might be a little biased when I bring this up, but there is a team that I would say that not many people know have as much Delco 
on their team as they do. And that is the Division II program of the Penn State Club Baseball team. That's right. I had to bring my own program into this. For those who don't know, the Penn State Club team, there's two teams. There's a Division I team, Division II team. You can think of it like, I guess, varsity and JV if you want. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you know, it's, it's JV with you know, regionals, JV with a World Series, like most programs only have one team. So they're playing a lot of teams best. This program brought on five new members from Delco just this year. Unfortunately, I'm the only Delco member on the D- Division One team. On the Division Two team, from Radnor, we have Pat Mannix and Austin Marks. From Marple, we have Owen Mathis. Of course, both of his brothers are Delco Baseball Now alums, Alden and Cam. We have Joe McGinnis, uh, he's from Broomall, but he went to St. Joe's Prep. Greg Adams from Garnet Valley, and Drew LaMonica from Conestoga. I mean, six guys on a team, I think that might be tied with uh, maybe Westchester and Monmouth for the most, you know, Delco guys on one baseball program. But, man, club baseball, it does not get the love it deserves. Now, don't get me wrong, when you're playing some of the smaller schools, like, I hate to say it, like, you're playing, like, worse than JV teams, uh, just kids that just, you know, want to get out there and play. But man, once you get to the deeper levels, we had a great game with Virginia tech where, you know, both pitchers are throwing upper eighties, low nineties. Like, you, you know, our catcher hit one clear over the three ninety five side to dead center. Like there's a lot of talent here and that division two team for us lost the national championship last year. So those guys have a very good chance to go in, go in and immediately play meaningful baseball, get postseason experience. All these guys had big time. You know, Marks and Greg Adams both look like they're going to be in the rotation. LaMonica starts in the outfield. Um, Pat Mannix was getting time at third. Uh, Mathis was playing first base and pitching, and McGinnis was, was playing the outfield. So it's pretty cool to see, especially at this young age, uh, these guys be able to just go in right away and get playing time. Uh, and, of course, I'll be, I'll be following them closely throughout the year because, uh, you know, we still practice – uh, and hang out, you know, with them. It's just a separate set of, of games. All right. Uh, there was not too much news overall in the Delco baseball landscape uh, college-wise this week. So I definitely want to spend a little bit more time talking about high school here. So I, I'm not going to go into, like, what every single team did last year and how their season went just because, like, there's a lot of Delco high school baseball teams. You got 12 just in the Central League alone, got two in the Interact, plus Malvern Prep, which has a lot of Delco kids. You got three or four in the PCL, depending on what you consider Devon Prep. You got teams, uh, you got five teams in the Del Valley League. You got Sun Valley, which uh, I've, I've had it explained to me before. I don't know why they're in the Chessmont. That, that whole thing kind of confuses me. They're neither Chess nor Mont. Uh, but uh, whatever the reason is, uh, they will also have a lot of returning talent. I've saw a couple of their guys commit, so we're just gonna we're just gonna go with with uh, what what I'd consider like the big guns from last year. We'll start with all the conference champs. So Garnet Valley was your Central League champion last season. I believe them and Marple either had the same record or were very close. But Garnet Valley won the outright championship. The Delvale champ was Chichester. They went undefeated in the conference, so they. They won that one pretty handily there. Uh, PCL as well. Bonner went undefeated in their uh, in their conference schedule. They made it all the way to the Final Four and lost to Holy Ghost. Great game at Villanova. Definitely, you know, they're they're losing some guys. You know, Joey Demucci leaves for Monmouth. 
Kevin Hen- Henrik, I apologize, not to pronounce. I think it's Henrik. Kevin Henrik leaves for North Alabama. You're you're losing a lot of guys. Mike Anderson leaves for Rhode Island, but you know when you have Kevin McGonald coming back, you have Jackson Kehoe, you have Harry Carr. Like you have a lot of guys that saw good time. Irv Fisher, guys that had that experience getting to go that deep in the playoffs, and they're going to be able to use that now. They're going to be able to know what it takes to to get to that stage again and what it's going to take to get past that. Uh, going on to the Interac here, so Malvern, Malvern won the Interac, but the interesting thing was they lost in the state championship to the Haverford School. Haverford School went 3-7 and seven in the Interac. Just, we talked about it with Joe Martin in the first, I think it was the first ever episode, at least the first uh, ever interview, that they just turned it on at the right time, and they won the games. You know, They grinded out everything coming from a low seed to play the game of their life against Malvern Prep. So, uh, Malvern did win the Interact, but Haverford got their state championship ring there. And, uh, man, I, I really hope those games are streamed because coming from someone who's in state college and not able to make it home very often, it would really be cool. There's so much talent, offense, defense, pitching, base earning, man, those two programs always put on a show. Uh, so definitely need to stay tuned for that. All right, well, we just talked about Bonner, uh, so that seems like a good segue in here to our interview now. Apologies in advance. I was having some microphone issues with Zoom, so I'm just going straight off the computer audio, but it should still be all good. With one of our two Delco Baseball Now Players of the Week, please welcome Johnny DiMucci. We are now joined by Westchester's Johnny DiMucci. Johnny is a graduate of Monsignor Bonner. Johnny, thanks for taking the time to come on the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. I appreciate you for having me. Of course, man. It's good to have you on. Now, I think it's been a little while since we talked, honestly, but, you know, it's been good to see what you've been doing on the field. Big weekend, 6 for 10 at the plate against Shippensburg with two triples. So talk to me about how you're feeling right now. Uh, I'm I'm feeling really good at the plate. I'm seeing the ball well, just confident in – all the work that we put in the off season with the coaching staff. And yeah, I mean, swing feels really good right now. You know, I got to say it's pretty humbling, pretty humbling for me when a catcher has more triples in one weekend than <laughs> I've had like in the last five years or so. Uh, but you know, it's, it's good to see you getting started at, uh, at DH too, when you're not in the lineup. It's gonna yeah, be nice. yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely a confidence booster from uh, my coach. You know, last season didn't kind of perform up to standards or what I wanted to be. But, you know, this year, feeling a lot better. So would you say uh, – would, would it be more like physical changes you made, mental? Like what would you say has made you kind of take that next step? I don't really think I did much physically. I think that swing has always been there. It's just the mental approach now. More just like pitch selection, timing, like – or just like more like confidence kind of thing. Yeah, at my confidence, pitch selection, all of that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been a good start to the season for your team as a whole. You guys won your first uh, PSAC series. So how are you feeling about, like, this team this year? Oh, we got a great group of guys this year. Yeah, I mean, team last year is kind of uncomparable, but the group of guys that we brought in to kind of replace some of the guys that we lost last year, I think, you know, we're really building towards what we did a year ago. Yeah, I think that's, you know, we're kind of in a similar place because our team for Penn State, we made the Final Four as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's something where – 
I guess the question would be here, like, how does this team compare or how, how is it different than last year, whether that be talent, chemistry? Because, like, every year has a different identity, even when you had that type of success. Yeah, uh, a little bit. I mean, coming in last year, you know, I was a transfer here last year from LaSalle, and the transfers we brought in kind of just, you know, gelled perfectly with the guys they already had here. This year, you know, we brought in a little bit more transfers and a lot more freshmen. So it was kind of like getting used to each other. You know, we did a lot of team bonding in the fall. And now, like, as we get the ball rolling at the beginning of the season, I think it's starting to pick up more. Yeah, and it's really cool, especially for college when, like, you know, you get a lot of new guys in the fall. You get really close off the field, and then you finally get to, like, learn about them more on the field. And mm-hmm. I always find spring break, at least for me, has been, like, the big way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this week, got nothing but baseball, so I kind of was hanging out and just, you know, getting getting to know each other more, like you said. Where are you guys this week? Uh, we are home against Jefferson tomorrow, yeah. home Friday against Lock Haven, and then away at Lock Haven Saturday. Gotcha. All right, well, taking you back to last year a bit, what was it like to get that chance to play, you know, in the World Series in North Carolina against some of the best teams in the country? Oh, it was an absolutely incredible experience. I mean, playing at the USA facilities is kind of start, just probably one of the best fields I've ever played on, just beautiful, very taken care of. And the competition down there, you know, I mean, a lot of people have said this before, but like the PSAC itself is kind of one of the better known or best conferences in D2. You know, we played that all through conference play last year and then kind of getting down towards the World Series and playing teams from all across the country. It was very comparable to what we play in the PSAC, really. And, I mean, we felt like we had a lot of confidence going into that. Yeah, and it's, it's cool to see, you know, a, a conference that's all northern schools that has yeah. had so much success at the national level between you guys and Millersville, you know, for mm-hmm. teams that get to be outside all year round, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys have that experience now. So what do you think it's going to take to kind of, you know, get over that? I don't even want to call it a hump because you guys got that far, but what's going to take to bring that trophy back? I mean, just our coach preaches this day in and day out, you know, the little things, do the little things right, and they'll turn into big things. So it's really just kind of breaking down what we do every day, practice, and then focusing that practice work over into games and just keeping, you know, free bags to a minimum, keeping what we know we can do, insight and just having or playing our best game playing it with confidence yeah and it seems like Westchester you know is a good fit for what you want to do so was it hard for you when LaSalle canceled their program you had to have some feeling of, of being feeling lost right like you didn't know what the next step was so what was it about Westchester that kind of drew you in yeah um a little bit I mean that fall when we found out uh LaSalle was going to cut the program after our spring season you know I mean I kind of panicked a little bit myself and was looking for another school to go to before the spring became or before the spring season happened but you know I decided to stay and I'm glad I did you know we had a great team great great group of guys over there broke a record you know after that season I kind of did feel a little lost you know I wasn't heavily recruited out of high school either so I didn't have many schools to kind of fall back on and see you know if I could fit in there Westchester having any one of them and I knew the hitting coach very well. Hitting coach is Jay Carr. I've known him from through the Delco League three years. And he kind of just gave me a call and said, listen, I'm the hitting coach at Westchester now. Love to have you here. I think it would be a perfect fit. And I, I couldn't agree more. 
Absolutely. And, you know, got to put a little Delco spin on things here. I've written a lot about your whole team because there's so many good guys from Delco. You got the Cantwells, you got Sparone, mm-hmm. Johnny Fitz, uh, another Bonner guy and, and Kyle. So what's it like to be able to play with all these guys? Some like you probably grew up playing against too. Oh, absolutely. No, I had so much fun day in and day out. You know, we used to rival these guys back in high school and like Legion ball and all that. And now like being on a team, knowing how competitive they are and like, all of us joining together at the local school is just its one of the best things that you could say about Westchester. Yeah, like I said, uh, when I was talking to Alden Mathis on the show, I'm like, I used to grow up hating you guys. You and like, yeah, the kids, yeah. I was like, like you guys tormented us, whether it was whether it was Nether, Legion or Haven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's like I'm, I'm rooting for you now. Like now that you're not playing. Yeah, me, absolutely. Like, I'm on absolutely. Your side. Yeah. Uh, another Delco baseball guy, of course, is your little brother, Joey. Just started his career at Monmouth. Yeah. Like, how cool has it been for you to get to see, you know, his career develop and have him do what he does? Oh, it's been great. I'm so proud of everything he's been through. Now going to Monmouth, you know, Division One, playing and played an FAU for like opening weekend, man. I just know that experience is so much fun and really am proud of him. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's something that I've I've really got to see from all these people talking. Obviously, you know, siblings are one thing, but everybody just mm-hmm. – you know, supporting the other people from Delco is you see it a lot when, when training the mm. off season, you know, even mm. guys that are going to play each other at some point during the regular yeah. season, you know, still coming together to get better. That's what it's mm. all about. Absolutely. All right, man. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I wish you and, and Joey the best of luck this season. And I got a feeling uh, this won't be the last time I have a golden Ram on the show this year. <laughs> Absolutely not. Hopefully we have a lot more. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yep. Take care. You too. Thanks again to Johnny DiMucci for taking the time to come on the show. I've long thought he has one of the best baseball names of all time. It's like basically if DiMarini and Marucci had a kid, then you get Johnny DiMucci. But I've, I've, I don't know if I, I don't know if I ever was on the same team as him just because of the, the age gap, but I've coached him in Legion, you know, watched him grow up and, and, you know, just see what he's been able to develop into as a baseball player uh, and as a guy. So it's it's really great to catch up with him here. And, you know, as mentioned, uh, Westchester is a team I'm heavily invested in following all year because people from Delco keep doing cool shit. It's, it's really all it comes down to is they're giving me stuff to write about. Uh, so I'm sure this will not be the last time any Westchester Golden Ram uh, comes on the show this year. All right, I did mention that I would like to, uh, you know, bring back our, uh, our Phillies talk here. As, as I mentioned on shows in the past, breaking the bank was the original podcast that I did, uh, for the Phillies with my friend, Drew Robinson. You know, if you're a Delco baseball fan, the odds are you're probably a Phillies fan, maybe Yankees. I know a couple of Yankees fans, a couple of Mets fans don't want to get into those, those Mets fans, but you know, there's, there's still, uh, there's still areas to talk about the Phillies because I don't want to be a Phillies journal. Like, I don't want to be a reporter, a Phillies journalist in the sense where I'm not allowed to root for the team, just cover the team. That's just not something that I'm really interested in. But I, I can talk about them from the perspective of being a fan because that's what I have been for a long time. And, and I watch the game like a fan, you know, not like someone that wants to write about the team. And I'd say the biggest 
I mean, the biggest storyline around the Phillies right now is probably Andrew Painter. It feels, I it just feels inevitable that he is going to end up getting Tommy John. You know, you're a young kid, 19 years old, throwing as hard as he does, as consistent as as he does. At this point, it's it's almost just a matter of time. The the thing with that, you know, if you're if you were a rebuilding team, where your timeline is not this year. Uh, then you would probably be okay with just being like, you know what, we're just going to play it safe. We're going to get him that Tommy John. We're going to get him healthy. The Phillies window is right now. It's not. That's not to say that they won't have a window for a couple years, but their window to win a World Series is wide open. And if they feel like they can avoid Tommy John by having him do rest and rehab and have him available for late in the season, it's an aggressive move. But, you know, aggressive moves win championships. And if, if it turns out that he's not responding to the treatments, well, then obviously they're going to shut him down and, and not try and have him pitch through it. But if there's any chance that he can, you know, help contribute to this team, they have to they have to try. His stuff is nasty. He they're It seems like a Phillies thing. They're working on bringing these cutters into everybody. But if he is if he can be at full strength during the stretch run of this year, I think it's worth a shot. And another pitcher who is a little banged up, it appears not as serious as it looked, is Ranger Suarez, because he was on the roster for Venezuela for the World Baseball Classic. And he got taken off, I think it was like forearm tightness or forearm stiffness or something. Uh, I'm glad he, he didn't try and pitch through it, but he seems he seems to be in good spirits. It seems like he's you know thinking it's more of a minor type thing where he's hoping that just kind of taking it easy a little bit before the season gets started will help fix it. Definitely a bit of a scare for someone as reliable as him last year, someone that can pitch in the rotation, someone that can pitch out of the pen. Of course, regular season is going to be more rotation, but I was at game five when he came out of the pen, so he's kind of the Swiss Army knife. He's going to be successful either way. They need him healthy in a big way, especially if Painter is going to be on the shelf for a little bit because you have – Aaron Nolan, Zach Wheeler at the top of the rotation. You signed Taiwan Walker. The plan originally was to have it be Ranger and then either Painter or most likely like Bailey Falter. If you're down both Ranger and Andrew Painter, then things are going to get a little bit more complicated. Uh, hopefully he is, you know, just just going to be able to kind of take it easy, be ready for, you know, opening day, if not pretty soon after that. Nice little transition here into the World Baseball Classic because uh, a lot of Phillies are on this team, and uh, you can blame Mark DeRosa for losing the game against Mexico. If you bench all the Phillies players in order to play Mets players, like what do you expect to happen? Really, what do you expect to happen? But in this series, Kyle Sch- or in this uh, in this classic, Kyle Schwarber already hit a three-run bomb. Trey Turner just went yard. Uh, I'm recording this Tuesday afternoon, so he just went yard last night, and. Uh, who else we got? JT Romuto has had a couple big hits here. I think an interesting thing, John Smoltz said he thinks Trey Turner may steal 70 bases. I don't know where he pulled that one from. I was listening to that. I, I had to rewind it to make sure that I wasn't just hearing things. Cause like, I know that that dude is fast. I know he's going to steal bases, but just going out of nowhere to say he could steal 70 bags when last year he had 27, he's never had more than 43. So I don't know why he just put out there that he thinks he can steal 70 bases. I guess he thinks he's going to be on a lot. I don't know. I don't see that happening. 
Um, but it's it's good to be optimistic. Uh, I, I do I, I like the World Baseball Classic. I think that it shows what passion a lot of different countries have. Uh, some people complain about the horns, but that's just you know that's how other cultures are. You've seen the Tokyo Dome go crazy. You've seen uh, Miami is a great place to have the you know Central American teams like Puerto Rico and Cuba uh, play because you know their fans are are able to travel there and it just it it's just so loud. It's so loud there. It's you know one, people representing their country is unlike anything else in terms of passion. Like I've never seen Mike Trout more fired up than he was after that home run. Maybe it's because the Angels never make the playoffs and he doesn't get the chance to play in an environment that loud. But it's awesome to see what other cultures truly care about the game and how much they care about the game. And it it really highlights that. I just wish that the American team would would just have just some more of their pitchers go. I mean, you're telling me that Adam Wainwright at his age is starting your first game in the World Baseball Classic. You got... um, I mean, it's just like, you know, Lance Lynn, he's fine, whatever. You put Nick Martinez, like, there needs to be more. And I know it's not all the players' fault. I know a lot of teams won't let them go. But the reality is, when you look around and you see that, oh, wow, Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic have their best arms going, and, you know, our lineup is a death lineup, but our pitching is not very good in terms of what it could be. So I really wish that we could have seen that. They still might get the chance to win it anyway. Uh, that is still to be determined. There are a couple local ties in the World Baseball Classic. Anybody who watched the first USA game will know that Vance Worley was the starting pitcher for Great Britain. Actually looked pretty good, all things considered, especially because it's been 12 years since he was the you know, the, the, the rookie fifth pitcher on that Philly staff that pulled a, like an 11-3 season out of his ass and and just complimented the big four. Uh, but he, I mean, he struck out Mike Trout. He was hitting the spots. The ump was not helping him out in that first inning because he was painting. And uh, and it's just, I don't know, it's good to see the Vanwell out there. Uh, he became a fan favorite quickly, still rocking the glasses with the Microsoft Word, you know, font jerseys that Great Britain had over there. Also, pitching for the Great Britain team uh, is a sophomore college player. His name is Mateo Solecito, and we know that the the British team was going to be made up of a lot of you know different college players just because of the lack of the major league players. But I definitely would love to talk to him after you know this classic is done, just about his experiences there. I mean, you're going from facing you know teams with with Cole Peichel and Grayson Walker to facing teams with Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. Like that's got to just be a surreal feeling, even if you don't pitch in the event. Just to be able to to share the same field with guys of that stature, guys you've grew up rooting for or rooting against your whole life, getting the chance to to be on the field with them is a surreal feeling, I'd imagine, and uh, would love to hear from him about that. All right, everybody, buckle up because the start of Delco baseball is officially. I know it was kind of official with the college, but you know, officially underway in terms of of high school getting after it, which will probably be kind of the bulk of the content. That's why we brought Dylan on board. Uh, that's why we're, we're hoping to keep expanding. And I hope that you guys will follow along with us. Once again, you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at Delco Baseball. Uh, Facebook page is just Delco Baseball Now. As always, appreciate you tuning in, and we will see you next time.